Production. Recorded live. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our talk show, Breakfast with the Pastors. And I'm your host, Pastor Helen Young of Grace Worship Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I want to thank you for joining us this morning. And today with me on our talk show, I have my co-pastor. This is Pastor Lewis Young III of Grace Worship Center in Oklahoma City. And I also have our senior pastor, Clarence Johnson of Transformation Church International in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, with us today as we began to just break the bread of the word today. And I want everybody to get your Bibles, those who can, and join us. Get your cup, coffee or orange juice, whatever you like, or maybe your Shipley's Donuts for you there in Houston, and uh, get Krispy Kreme, if that's one of the places there. And uh, as I said, get your coffee and, and come and join us. Now, those of you that are driving, you just keep your ears perked and listen. I don't want you to go and to do anything that's going to cause any kind of interference. And if you're listening by the uh, radio or even from the Internet, I want you to be prepared and just enjoy what we're about to do. Now, before we start, we want to always offer up a word of prayer, and I want Minister, uh, my co-pastor, Minister Louis Young III, to just lead us in an opening prayer. Amen, amen. Let us bow our heads. Those that are driving, just keep your eyes open, but let your heart be bowed. Amen. Lord, we thank you for being here. We thank you for what you have done for us. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy, dear God. We thank you, dear God, for the words that are going to go forth today, dear God, this morning, dear God, that it may be an enlightenment, dear God, to those who hear it, dear God, Lord, that their hearts may be changed, dear God, Lord, that their spirits may be encouraged, dear God, Lord, that they may continue to run this race with endurance, dear God. We thank you and we bless you right now, dear God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 It's so good for all of us to get together again this morning. Today we're going to talk about worship called to worship. What does it really mean by worshiping? And our scripture that we're beginning with is found in the book of John, and this is chapter 4, and we're going to start reading at verse number 23. And it says, Thus the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. But let me back up a second and read verse number 22. That's important too. He said, ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Now remember, we are of that relationship with God now. But it says the hour is coming, and it's now is, and that the Father is seeking true worshiper. So let's talk about what it is to be a worshiper, and really what worship is. Pastor Johnson, I want you to just tell us just a little bit what do you think about this scripture. Amen. Well, looking at John, uh, we see that Jesus was talking to this woman, and she had asked him a question. Uh-huh. She said, now, our fathers say we worship in this mountain, mm-hmm. and but the Jews say you worship in Jerusalem. So she said, well, where, where is the right place to worship? Uh-huh. And I, I like what Jesus said. He said, listen, the hour was coming, and now he is, that the true worshipers mm-hmm. shall worship the Father God in spirit and in truth. He said, so it doesn't matter where you are. If you are 
in, in this mountain or this, in this Jerusalem, it doesn't matter because God's a spirit. Wherever you are, you can worship God right where you are. Mm-hmm. And the way I look at worship is he deserves all of our worship. Mm-hmm. But one thing about worship is not everybody can do it. Mm-hmm. I agree with you there. Everybody can praise God. Uh-huh. Everybody. I mean, whether you're saved or whether you're saint or saint or whether you, whatever you are, you can praise God and just thank Him for letting you wake up. Mm-hmm. But worship is reserved for those who know it and have a relationship with You know, I was looking at the, uh, the word, just looking at the definition of mm-hmm. worship. You know, and it's adoration, it's love, and it's reverence, and it's respect. And just for you just to think about it for a moment, look at this. There are some countries where uh, those who are true worshipers, they will fall upon their knees and touch the ground with their forehead as an expression of reverence. Now, in the New Testament, it talks about by kneeling or prostration to do homage, to make or or express respect, or to make a supplication, but it means to bow your knees. It's something that you're doing. Now, a lot of times we're not able, depending on where we are in certain situations, we're not able to bow the knees at that point. So, therefore, uh, this homage and to reverence and to worship, it really does call for something. We must bow either our knees or the knees of our heart. What do you think about it, Pastor Lewis? Right, I understand what you're saying. You know, everybody does have the ability to worship. Even if you take it to the scripture, which is actually found in Psalm 66, verse 4, it said, All the earth uh-huh. shall worship thee uh-huh. and shall sing unto thee. Uh-huh. They shall sing to thy name. That means that you cannot say, Well, I don't have the ability to worship uh-huh. because the trees worship all the time by the way they blow in the wind. They still give a praise to God. Just the same with the flowers. They sway back and forth. So even those items can still worship the creator. Mm-hmm. So us as humans, we have the ability to worship God. Mm-hmm. Where somebody say, well, I don't have a voice, but you have ten fingers. Mm-hmm. You can still lift up your hands and assign to worship. Mm-hmm. So when we say all the earth, that means every part of the earth has the ability. Mm-hmm. Now, some people might not want to worship, mm-hmm. but you still have the ability to worship. Amen. It is a choice, uh-huh. and I hope that you would choose the main, the right choice, which is to worship God, the Creator, the Father, the King, uh-huh. the Lord of Lords. Amen. He is the only one that should get all your worship. Listen, there's a difference between praise and worship. Right, right. And you hear a lot of people say, well, it's the same thing. No, it is not. There comes a point where, I can praise him and I can give him all the uh, the adoration that I need and so forth and so on. But when it comes to a point of worship, right, right. my heart, my whole essence is in a different position or a different mindset because after I began to worship him, it's no longer about me. Right. All my adoration, all my affections, all my love, it's just on him. And at that point of worship, it's not about asking him for anything. 
Because sometimes we can get caught up in just praising him. We're going to praise him because he's our Jehovah Jireh. But it's not that when it comes to worship. When it comes to worship, it's, Lord, it's all about you. Not about me. It's about who you are. What you have done, you've created me. And because of your love, and I can only worship you. What do you think about it? Well, oh, that is so well said. Uh, you know, even worship, it, it, it's a progression because you, you start out, even in the service or even when you're at home, you start out just thanking God. Right, right. Number one, thanking him for waking you up and just thanking him for mm-hmm. giving you a place to stay. And, and that's praise. God, thank you for my house. I thank you for my shoes. I thank you for my children. You know, but at some point in time, there's a transition to where you stop thanking him for what he's given you, and you start telling who he is to you. You say, God, thank you for my house, but then you say, if I even don't have no house, I don't have no shoes. He'll love you. God, if if right now everything is not going the best, I still worship you because you begin to tell him who he is, and it's a progression, and, and sometimes even in service, I'll see that the, the praise is loud and it's jubilant and everybody participates. Right, right. But then when it transitions to worship, some folks drop out mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's about the master. Right. And some folks will drop out because they have not understood that, hey, look, we can transition. It's not about what he's given you now. Mm-hmm. It's about who he is. Let me ask you that right. because you're still right about that transition. The thing about it is it's when you – began to worship him, the true love effect is just there because it's you and him. And I, I, as you were speaking, uh, Pastor uh, Clarence, I thought about as um, a, a child with my mom and my dad, and I was grateful that my parents were able to you know, take care of me. Uh-huh. But during my lifetime becoming a parent, then I began to respect who she was. And I'm saying, Mom, Nobody could do the things that you do, and it, it, it's amazing that it was a different thing. Say, so, yeah, my mom was going to buy me this and that and all of that, but it, you began to see them for who they are. I'm reminded, you know, the Lord always talks about first natural and then spiritual. Mm-hmm. So we can recognize what worship is when we talk about it on the natural side. When it comes on the spiritual side, that I'm madly in love with him. Mm-hmm. And then all my adoration, all my feelings, it transcends from just a thank you, God, to somebody that I'm passionately in love. And it's not I'm passionately in life, but I'm in love with him. So all of my thankfulness, all my gratefulness as to who he is, not what he's doing for me, just because he is there with me, never leaving me, nor forsaking me, never condemning me, never trying to put me down and cover me up with the dirt, but to always coming to me and elevating me, I'm in love with him. Amen. And I I want to give him everything that I have as far as my worship. Well, think think about this. What is worship? Worship is is an extravagant respect Uh or admiration for or devotion to. Uh Extravagant. Uh Extravagant. Uh That's what you see when you praise. Praise you on your feet. Your hands are up. You get your dance on. You sing, but when you worship, you ever notice that when people worship, they are bowing down in the spirit? Yes, they are. Yes, they Think are. about the scripture that actually says in Psalms 95, verse 6. 
Uh-huh. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Bow down. Yeah. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. So when you worship God, see, everybody can have a corporate praise. You know what I mean? You get a whole bunch of people in a place. Everybody can praise them. But when the mood changed and you, you said when it comes to worship, some people drop out because worship takes you into an intimate place with God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can hold hands when you praise it. But when you worship, it is you by yourself. That means that you're bound your heart to God and God. If it had not been for you on my side, mm-hmm. where would we be? That means that your focus is not on you. Mm-hmm. Your focus is really on God. It's not about the stuff that it gives you. Mm-hmm. It's just God, even if you don't give me nothing, salvation. Because look at the first scripture in Psalms 95. It says, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our what? salvation. Salvation. So when you think about what he saved us from, mm-hmm. you can't help but to worship him. That means to get out of yourself to say, God, I need you. Because when you put yourself in a place and say, God, it is all about you, you lose yourself to focus entirely on him. Mm-hmm. That is worship. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Well, oh, man. Well, that's good. But you, you took my scripture. <laughs> that was mine, too. <laughs> even in Psalm 95, as you uh-huh. begin to read, uh-huh. you can even see the progression there. Because yeah. it said, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving mm-hmm. and make a joyful noise. Mm-hmm. Even in the, in the tabernacle of Moses, there was there was, there was was an outer court for anybody to come. Right. The same sinner, whoever. Anybody right. come. Mm-hmm. And, and then there was a place to where, you, as you made your progression, mm-hmm. only the priest could go. Uh-huh. Yes. And everybody else had to stay outside. Uh-huh. And, and that's what happens when we begin to worship God. That, that we, we go into an intimate place with God, mm-hmm. and, and I want to draw your attention to an old English word. The, the word we use now for worship is, is actually an older English word, and it was worship, mm-hmm. and it was W-O-R-T-H, mm-hmm. ship, and it was to show how much he is worth. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when you get in the presence of God and you begin to think about not just what he's given you, but who he is. Yes. How much is God worth to you? Mm-hmm. And he is worth everything. And that's what you tell him. God, you are worth my life. I can't breathe without you. You know, you uphold all things by your word. I love you, God. And even if you took everything, mm-hmm. I would still love you. Okay. Well, I just want to give you one scripture when you say worth. Uh-huh. In Psalms 29, uh-huh. verse 2. It says, give unto the Lord the glory uh-huh. due uh-huh. in his name. Uh-huh. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Uh-huh. Uh, do his name. Uh-huh. Do his name. So how much is he worth? What is the value of your relationship with God? Because things that you think that is valuable, you spend time with it. You cater to it. You uh-huh. give that your attention. Uh-huh. So if God is valuable to you as being a saint, you spend time with him. You don't let anything come between. That means that even if you're in the midst of prayer, your phone could go off. You won't even answer your phone. Mm-hmm. Because that time is God, this is me and you. Mm-hmm. What can separate us from the love of God? Amen. So that means that you have to empty yourself, empty yourself and say, God, all I want to do is just worship you from the essence of my being, from the depths of my heart. That is what worship is about. How much does he really mean? You know, that is so true. Well, let me say this to you, too. Worship is so important yep. that even Satan 
demand worship. Mm-hmm. Over in the book of Matthew, come on with me now. Over in the book of Matthew, and uh, looking at uh, uh, chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. And look at what Satan says to our master Jesus. And he said unto him, all these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship. You have to know that worship means to submit and lower yourself, and you must fall your knees. You must be prostrate and give worship. Then Jesus said in verse number 10, he said, then said Jesus unto him, get thee here, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt what? Worship the, oh, come on. Amen. Thou shalt what? Worship, worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall what? Thou serve. Let me tell you, yeah. this thing about giving your obedience, your obeisance to, it's so important that Satan wants that also. But I, I, I'm reminded of a lot of people that I talk with, and you've seen it on TV. When you go to a place and you come back to home, you've seen various ones fall on their knees yes. in the parking lot, yep. and they are kissed at ground and say, oh, I am back home safe in America or wherever you are. I'm right, back right. to be there. That's given a basis to what? This nation, but God wants this to him, and you cannot get away from it. Even Satan himself wants you to do that. Look at what the scripture says about the ten lepers yeah. talking about worship. Right, right, the yeah. Bible says over in the book of Luke, chapter yeah. 17, verse yeah. 15 and 16, mm-hmm. it talks about the, the ten lepers coming. All of them went away to get their healing. Right, right. One, when he turned yeah. and he, when he saw, oh, my God, that God had taken away his shame. Right, right. God had taken away, that had put him on the outside of the city and restored him to hold him. He turned away, left them, went right back to him, and the scripture says that he bowed down to give him thanks, to give him worship. For what he's done. Honor is with that honor that he has with the Lord, worship has to go to him. We are commanded to give him worship. It talks all through that. Everybody wants to worship. We worship idols. Mm. Listen to this. Do you remember when when Moses and that already brought the people out of out of Egypt? You remember? Right. Moses was up there getting what? The commandments. And then the Lord tells them there's a sound. The people have corrupted themselves. What were they doing? They were just worshiping the idols that they had made by their own hands. And the scripture brings it out and talks about people who would be worshiping things that they made by their own hands. Uh, In Isaiah 2 and 8, it says the land also, okay, everybody's working on the scripture. It says the land also is full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands with their own fingers. It's how they made. Don't we do that today? Yes, we do. People do that all day. They worship their their. You know, uh, uh, roll rises there, yeah. worship the airplane, the biggest right. jet. Right, right. They worship the biggest toys that they have. Right, right. And, but they cannot come to a place or position, mm-hmm. transform from praise to worship. They'll stay, as you said, Pastor Jonathan. They'll say this. You talk about everybody can praise. Mm-hmm. 
But when they get to worship, all that you will do it because they have the intimacy with them, and they find themselves back on the edge of the road just saying, I can't worship. But it's true because I thank God for my Rolls Royce. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, yes. I thank God yeah. for, you know, my spinos. I, I, I say, <laughs> but they should not come to a place where they can say, Lord, it is all about you, mm. all about you. Yes. Amen. Oh, my goodness. I, I tell you, worship is just, uh, when you think about worship, I, you know, I have never met a depression worshiper. Mm. I have never met right. someone. Now, depression will try to come to everybody. Mm-hmm. But when you worship, it takes the focus on you mm-hmm. and your problems and, and what you're going through. And one thing that I love, I love about being a worshiper is that sometimes, and I'm a pastor, and God knows in my heart that I, I want to do right. Mm-hmm. And I want to live right. And sometimes we all come up short, but if you're a worshiper, God will sometimes break the rules just for you to get you back where you need to be. Because I'm thinking of David. David is my hero because David messed up more than anybody in the whole Bible. David did things that you just can't even fathom anybody doing. But one thing, before David died, when David died, God said something about him. He didn't remember all the next stuff David did. Mm-hmm. He said that sweet psalmist of Israel. Because David knew one thing. He said, God, I know I messed up, but I know if I just worship. I know that if I just worship you, God, you will forgive me. And God didn't remember all of that because sometimes worship will tell God not overlook your sin, but even through your sin, God right. will still keep you because he knows your heart is after him. And as I was reading in Psalms 52, verse 10, after David had sinned, mm-hmm. David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from that presence. And this was David. David said, God, you can take whatever you want, just don't take your Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. True worshipers say, God, whatever you got to do, just don't let me lose your presence. You know, as you're saying it, the way God does things is so awesome and amazing to me. In Isaiah, when it talks about putting on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, and as I think about the garment of praise that I'm putting on, it brings me up out of a muck and mire situation and to a point that I'm beginning to thank God. But from that praise, if I stay there long enough in that praise, I would transition on to worship. So when I began to look at the garments of putting on that, it just makes me go, all he wants you to do is take that attention off of yourself, put it on me, and then begin to be intimate with me. Some of them uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just enjoying because you get you know caught up in worship. But I, I think about this in that scripture when we started off in John 4. Mm-hmm. Two things that God brought to my attention when it said, but the hour cometh mm-hmm. and now is. Mm-hmm. Two key words, mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. and now. Uh-huh. Coming to move towards something to arrive and do course, to approach in kind of quality. But now means at the present time, in the present situation, in a time immediately. That actually says that the fathers say that now you can worship me today. Mm-hmm. But then he said, come, the hour is coming. That means that tomorrow you can worship again. And the days after that, so that means that every day you have the ability to worship. Mm-hmm. 
to worship, to give up yourself, to worship. And it takes me to this scripture in Psalms 47, verse 6. Uh-huh. It says, sing praises to God. Uh-huh. Sing praises. Uh-huh. Sing praises unto our king. Sing praises. Four times he said it. Now I'm going to put it on the natural. Whenever you watch a commercial and they say, Call five, five, three, 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 nine, nine. They say the number, then they speak a letter, then they say the number again, then they say the number third time. Why? Because they wanted to get into your subconscious, that number. So when you think about it saying, sing praises to God, sing praises, that means that sing praises, that is the first thing that you got to do, like pick up the phone and call. Mm-hmm. So as you're singing praises, you're singing, that's like starting off the, the, the competition with God. Lord, I'm just going to sing to you. But the more you sing, it is something that's going to happen. It transitions to worship. That's like when you start praying, you can pray, Lord, I just thank you, I thank you. But eventually, tongues will come out uh-huh. because it transitions uh-huh. to tongues because the more you spend time with God, the deeper the relationship gets. So yeah. when I think about worship, yeah. when you first start off, you got to start off in your flesh. Yeah. you got to bypass your emotions and get into the flesh and say, God, I'm going to worship you. And the more you worship, the more you forget about everything that you were dealing with. You lose sight of the situations and the tests and the trials. And all you're doing at that point is crying out to God. That is true worship because this thing, he's looking for true worshipers. Mm-hmm. Those who don't mind worshiping, hey, if, you know, I'm in the mall. I don't care who see me. God, you just gave me a breakthrough. They're going to worship right then and there. And you're right about that. They're not ashamed to let yeah. people know I am a worshiper because true worshipers, they don't worry about who's looking. That's right. They're just going to worship from the desk of that heart. You know, the Bible says over in Ephesians, you know, I'm a worshiper. I don't care what nobody says. I'm a worshiper, and we all are. But open Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, it speaks of speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and yeah. spiritual songs, you know, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And I, I'm one like this. I'm going out to the grocery store or no matter where I'm at, the post office, whatever, and I began with just a melody in my heart. I remember one day singing, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus and to take him at his word. And as I began to sing that song, as I began to sing that song, you know, and I'm learning to lean on him. And pretty soon the words that I was singing, just to whisper from my mouth, my ears heard the words that I was singing, and they began to get all on the inside of me, and it became a point that I began to just worship him. I'm I'm quite aware of where I'm at, and I'm not going to look ignorant or foolish or crazy or anything, but I began to just do it up under my breath. And speaking in tongues, it began to just flow as I began to worship him. And I'm fighting back the tears because I don't want people to say, well, what's wrong with, you know, with her. So I began to just worship him. And the thing of it that got me there, even in that it comes to a point where I began to just be still, and all I could say is, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I just love you. And it fills me so much with his presence that once I got back in my car, I shut the door, and I began to just glorify and magnify the Lord because of who he is. He is just that glorious. And he's worthy of all of our honor and all of the praise that's due. Well, uh, so Pastor Joseph goes back to the salvation scripture uh-huh. in John, and I'm reminded where it says, as the Father seeketh uh-huh. such 
Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you, but I want to be with God. Mm-hmm. And, and that scripture gives a connotation that we still see. Mm-hmm. It didn't say he's seeking great singers. Mm-hmm. It didn't say he's seeking great preachers. Uh-huh. It said he is seeking those that will worship him mm-hmm. in spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. So if, if God is looking for something, I think that we need to be in position with what God is looking for. Amen. And the way to get in position is to worship him. Amen. Because it says he is seeking worshipers. Amen. And when he finds you, he's going to do something. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 Now, I don't know what to say after that. But when you think about worship, take it into Revelation in worship. If you look at Revelation 4, verse 10, it says, The four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. And it cast down their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and thy pleasures, they are where created. Mm-hmm. Now, if they're in heaven worshiping, mm-hmm. we on earth, we need to worship as well. Mm-hmm. That means worship brings total serenity. Mm-hmm. That means that you have to truly humble yourself because what other key? Well, somebody else to worship. When they at that plateau on that level, they say, well, hey, you know what? I need everybody to worship me. But here they is, they elders. Those who are already in a position in heaven saying, there is somebody greater than me. It is our job to worship him. And that is all they're doing is worshiping. So thus the same with us on earth. What is our job to do is to worship God. That means that you have to really get out of yourself when you think about people, and we may mention that people have idols, mm-hmm. and they love to worship idols, and it's a thing about worshiping idols, because even in some of the scriptures, it talks about children. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody take you to the point where you serve an idol, because you don't want anything to draw your attention and your affection from God, because worship was only being to God, mm-hmm. not to think, but only to God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. You know, when we're talking about the worship of other things, uh, Paul made a statement in the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 23. And he said, For I passed by and beheld your devotions. I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. Him declare unto you. And then it talks about even in Daniel, where of a decree was given where the Hebrew boys had to even bow down and worship. Worship is so important, especially to those that are in a leadership position, because that worship will allow them to know their the loyalty from the people. And uh, you bow down to me. You know, if you do that, you know, you're saying that I'm the king, I'm the great whatever. So it, the Bible always tells us that we should not what. Worship anything, even in the commandments that was given. Thou shalt have no other gods before you know. Besides, the only one you can have is just God. But everybody wants to get in and worship something, but they don't want to worship the true and the living God. But yet, and still, the Bible says that He says in Philippians two ten and eleven, it says that at the name 
of Jesus. Every knee what should bow. Bowing is a form of what? Worship of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth that every time shall confess that Jesus Christ, he's the Lord. So mankind always wants something to, wor- to worship them. As I said earlier, Satan, even t- he knew what Jesus was. He did. And the thing about it is, he says, I will give you all of this. All I want you to do is just bow down before me. Kiss my hand. Because even kissing a person's hand is a sign of worship. And Satan saying, hey, look, I can give you all of this. Satan, Adam gave it to me. I'm giving it back to you. All I want you to do is just bow down and then pay homage to me. It's something. It is something. Amen. I just want to touch on a couple of things back on what you just said about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that even the worship, and I'm trying to encourage people, when you come in the house of God, uh, don't just start out with worship. Mm-hmm. Start out with praise. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did, because they began to brag on God. Okay, mm-hmm. our God is able yes. to deliver us. Yes. He can set us free if he wants to. Uh-huh. But then it transitions to worship. But even if he does, we're still going. We're not going to bow. So they said, even if he don't, we love him instead of you. Mm-hmm. And if he chooses not to save us, he's still God. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that that I'm I'm a stickler. Oh, Pastor Lord, he, he he he's a definition man. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of man like I I like this thing that there's a law. Uh, when you study the Bible, mm-hmm. it is called the law of first mention. Mm-hmm. And the law of first mention says that wherever the word, the A word is used first in the Bible, mm-hmm. it gives you an idea of how to interpret it throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at the word, what was the word worship first used in the Bible? Mm-hmm. It was used in Genesis chapter 22 mm-hmm. when the Lord told Abraham, he said, I want you to take that son. Mm-hmm. Thy only son, mm-hmm. and offer him as a burnt offering mm-hmm. on the mount that I will show you. And the Bible says, after three days, Abraham looked up and saw the place. And he took two young men with him. And the young man said, Where are you two going? Mm-hmm. Now, Abraham knew God told him to offer his son. Mm-hmm. Isaac didn't know, but Abraham knew it, and the young man didn't know. So they asked him, where are you guys going? And Abraham said, I and the lad are going yonder to worship. Now, Abraham was going to go kill his son, but to Abraham, it was worship obeying God. So the law first mentioned tells us wherever we see the word worship, worship means sacrifice. And sometimes it is a sacrifice to say, God, everything may not be going right, but you still work. And I worship you. I bow before you. I love you. Because Abraham taught us that worship is sacrifice. Mm -hmm. But guess what happens? When you worship God Mm -hmm. and withhold nothing from him, this is what he said in Genesis 22, verse 15. He said, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham, out of heaven the second time, mm-hmm. and said, By myself have I sworn, said the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, mm-hmm. and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, 
that in blessing I will bless thee, mm-hmm. and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed mm-hmm. as the stars of heaven, mm-hmm. and as the sand which is upon the sea shore, and thy seed shall possess the gates of his All because Abraham said, we're going to go worship. He didn't say, I'm going to go sacrifice. He said, we're going to go worship. Mm-hmm. And if you look up one of the Hebrew words for worship, mm-hmm. Pastor, Young, Pastor Young, one of the Hebrew words for worship mm-hmm. is to kiss mm-hmm. And I know we grown folks here, and we don't keep it a family program, but you can't kiss nobody. I can't kiss my wife mouth to mouth without there being an exchange. Mm-hmm. And whenever you worship God, there's always exchange. <laughs> that goes back to Psalm chapter 2, verse number 12. He says, kiss the son, let him be angry, and he perish from the way in his wrath the candles of a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. It is a passionate relationship that is formed out of true worship. And I, I, I like what you had said earlier about getting the people to enter into a praise, and then they would, you know, transcend into worship. And and the praise is really to get their mind off of themselves and put it on God, and then from that they can move on into that higher consciousness of worship of Christ. Amen. I do believe that. I, I just love worship. You know, we talk about worship, you know, I could jam out all day, and I'd be good. But then when it comes to worship, I lose myself. Mm-hmm. It's something when you worship, because worship does take you to a place of intimacy mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. And you can't have a relationship unless you have intimacy, mm-hmm. communication, talking back and forth, relationship, dialect. Mm-hmm. See, as long as you praise it, you're just singing it. Yeah, you know, God, I thank you for this and I thank you for that. But when you worship, you give yourself out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Praise is like you receive it and you reminisce, but when you worship, you are literally emptying yourself off to receive mm-hmm. spiritually from God, that takes you into the worship point. That's why when you worship, some people do look around and they stare and try to figure out like, you know, why are they getting so deep? It ain't really that we get deep. We're just going into another level with God. You know, you have the ability to dive in, but some people don't like to dive in because in order to be a worshiper, you got to be transparent before God in order to worship. Meaning God here I am. Take me. I might be broken, but God, I release myself to worship you. Praise, you can kind of cover up, you can kind of blend in. That's why a lot of people are being out of court. But not everybody can go beyond the veil into the holies of holies. Not everybody can go. That's like going into the worship camp. You know, everybody can go to other camps, but can you worship God by yourself? Because when it comes to worship, it is you and you alone. In worship. You don't bring nobody else into that worship with you. It ain't like I can say, well, honey, I want you to come worship with me. She's going to worship, but then she's going to lose me. And it's just going to be between her and God. And at that point, it is really a one-on-one talk relationship with God, one-on-one communication. God has a lot to say. We just need to listen. And in your worship, that's when you listen to God because he starts telling you about his beauty and his holiness. Mm-hmm. Every part about him. That's what happens in worship. You know, I'm reminded of um, uh, several accounts where just being able to talk with someone in uh, a kitchen night, a spirit of worship, just calling on me, and all the things that I could hear is just say, just worship me. Mm-hmm. And I've known that I have, uh, I had people in my office, and I said, well, tell you what, 
song we just worship God, just come into an atmosphere of just thanking him and began to worship him. And I remember just leaving my office with them and, and we were entering to the sanctuary and, and we just began to just thank God for just bringing us thus far, even though they're hurting. And I know they're hurting because of the trials that they're in. And just trying to get them to come to a point to say, Lord, I just thank you that you didn't give up on me. Lord, I just thank you that I have breath in my body. Thank you that I'm able to lift my hands to give you praise. And if you can get them to that, and then they lose themselves in worship. And I tell you, there have been many times where the person that has came to just get a word have actually found themselves worshiping God. I'm not talking about just thanking him anymore, but falling on their face, sitting down, just weeping before the Lord. And when that period of worship may have been about 5, 10, 15 minutes, then what happened there, they are so refreshed. They're just so refilled. And they get up and they're saying, oh, I, I haven't felt this way in a long time and I can go back. And I haven't even said anything mm-hmm. of what, uh, you know, I wanted to say, but it wasn't about that, but it was about what God wanted. And yet and still, there have been those that did not want to embrace worship for whatever restraints it could have been that was holding them back. Why do you think that they don't want to worship? You know, you know, my thing of it is, you know, you can get breakthrough right here, and they and they just look at you, and they say, it's not that deep, Pastor It's not that deep. You said a key word. You, when you ask the question, why do people not want to worship? Because in order to worship, you got to be broken. Yeah. In order to worship, that means that you got to actually open up to worship. And some people don't want to be transparent to open up to say, God, I'm really broken and I'm really hurt. You know, I can praise you and we can praise with a smile and smile all day. And people say, ooh, they really praising God. Yeah. But when the atmosphere changes, because you can sense when the atmosphere changes when it switches to worship. You can, that you can. You can tell when the glory cloud comes into the place. You can sense it and you can feel it. But some people don't want to tap in because they don't want to release what they got going on. They don't want to let go of their trials or their circumstances or their problems. So therefore, they don't want to tap in into worship because in order to go into worship, you have to surrender yourself to God. When you say God is seeking true worshipers. That means that God is walking in our midst, looking for people whose hearts are open. Because if your heart is open, he shall come in. And if he comes in, he is the great physician. He will do surgery. The question is, why won't you let him do surgery on the heart and lose yourself in God? Because if you lose yourself, he said you'll find yourself, really, because you find him. But as long as you're finding yourself, you'll lose God. Really? I know this sounds strange, but could it be that those who do not want to enter into worship of God the Father, they'll find themselves worshiping their problems? And that way it is a reverse to that, that they are idol worshiper and worshiping their own problems, whereas you said, uh, come at you that they don't want that, that operation. They don't want surgery done to cut away that fatty part. They don't want to be circumcised by the word of God but they want to worship just the problem, and they cannot enter into it. <laughs> oh, praise God. That's how you said something, and it brought back to remember that a lot of times when I have people come in, counseling, especially maybe couples, mm-hmm. 
something that I have learned something over the years that you, you start out, like you said, let's have a time of worship. Because I realized something is we've used the word several times intimacy. But when you look at the word intimacy, it's really into me. Yes, And when we begin to worship God, he looks into us and sees. And I can tell you I have never had a time where I've worshipped God that I have not come out of it with something that wants to change. Yes. Even when I think I got it all together, I said, man, I am really, really doing good. When I get into worship, there's always something he wants to improve. And so this is why many people don't want to worship God because they're not ready for God to see into them. And when I have couples worship, I have seen it, and God be true. I've had couples say, Pastor, we don't even know why we're here. Baby, I'm sorry. And she turned to him, I'm sorry. I love you. Because God has dealt with their hearts. And they spent time worshiping God to where the problem, he didn't fix itself. God fixed it. But they said, Pastor, we don't even need to be here today. God fixed it for us. And they repented before one another. And I know that's true because my wife and our testimony, uh, we were we were at divorce court. And this has been almost 30 years ago. But we were there. The papers were signed. And, it was, and she wouldn't mind me telling so we had told everybody our testimony. We just figured, hey, it ain't working, and, and we just going to go and call it quits. And then I got along with God, and she did too. And God began to work on our hearts as we worshiped him. And God began to deal with us. And we both came together at the same time without talking to each other and said, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I don't. But God is in our And that's why people don't want to worship because with, 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 with Jesus, people stand before Jesus. He looked at them and said, Lord, we've prophesied. We've cast out demons in them. We've done all this in your name. And he said, Depart from me. He wrote the next of the I never knew you. That word, no, you go right back to Genesis. It is the same word that is Adam. You need intimacy with her. And Jesus is the same. Never. What will save your marriage if you worship God? I'm telling you. You might want to say that again for a lot of parents. I'm telling you, if you worship God, He will save your marriage because God will not fix your thing. He will fix you. You need to fix the heart of the person. Yes, yes, yes. Intimacy. For those of you that are going through a sickness, those that are going through whatever it is, work, problems, or whatever, get into an intimate relationship with Jesus through worship. And in that worship, he will change your heart. It will bring you down from me, myself, and I to you alone. In fact, what was said earlier about the 3 dd boy, and they said, live long, old king. God is able to deliver us. But just in case he don't, let it be known that we're going to seal have intimacy with him. And we might be burning, but we're going to have intimacy yeah. with him. And in the midst of intimacy, the ropes burn. Not a smell of fire or smoke in that area. In the midst of intimacy, God allows the heathen to look in 
to say I see a fourth one. Yes. The thing of it is, I love what you said. That marriage, that intimacy, the workplace, the intimacy with God can change a nation, can change our hearts. Amen. Amen. Wow, this is so good. Amen. Worship. Yes. Worship. Amen. It takes me to Psalms 99, verse 5. Uh-huh. It says, exalt ye the Lord, our God, mm-hmm. and worship at his footstool, mm-hmm. for he is holy. That means that, I'm going to put it on a natural. When my children want something, they come to me. Uh-huh. I don't go to them first. They come to me, and they try to butter me up with stuff. Uh-huh. Daddy, I just love you, Daddy. Mm-hmm. Daddy, you know, how should they, Dad? But they're at my feet. And that's basically in the physical, but in the spirit, that means that they're humbling themselves before me, and they're giving up their own time of worship to try to get from me. But here it said, and worship at his footstool, meaning that when you worship God, that's like you going into the holies of holies, mm-hmm. into the presence of God right before the throne. That's when you can ask in Jesus' name because you not, you're not on the outside, but you're on the inside. Mm-hmm. That means that now you're in the throne room, and you have a right to go to the throne and say, Jesus, now I want to ask you just give me more of you because in worship, you don't ask for stuff. You ask for more of God and worship God. I just ask you to cleanse me out. You clean me out. And all I want is more of you, more peace, more love, more patience, more compassion, more gentleness. That's when you ask of the selfness of God in worship. Praise is one thing, but worship, all you want to do is say, God, fill me. Heal me, God. Complete me. I love intimacy because when you say the word intimacy, that means that it's the joint of the two things. Mm-hmm. So in worship, it's the joint of God and man. Just like the covenant, it is the joint of. That is worship. To get back into the place where you're communing with God, because that's basically what worship is. It is that other language. Mm-hmm. And in worship, you're going to tongues in worship. In praise, you might not go into tongues. You too busy singing, get your shout on, get your praise on, get your dance on, get your sweat on. But in worship, you get your crown. And those are tears of joy, tears that you've been delivered, tears of breakthrough in worship. Because worship, that's where a lot of things are destroyed and broken, in worship. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, as you were talking, Pastor, I was just I saw that praise is seeking the hand of God. But worship is ignorance. When you see his face, yes. you automatically get the hand People too busy trying to seek his gifts instead of seeking his gifts. Right, 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 and, right, right. I tell you, to worship God, also, I see worship as a preparation, preparing the bride, mm-hmm. getting us ready for the bride. Mm-hmm. Because we, the church, the bride of Christ, and I see worship as a preparation, as getting us a door for our heavenly throne. And when we worship God and lay before him, and, you know, people have so many different ways. But for me, I love to lay before God and just prostrate myself because what you're doing is you're acknowledging that there is someone that's greater than us. And God is so great, he demands worship. And when you're that great, you have to be worshipped. That's why Jesus said, if he's 
people, children, don't praise me. He said the rocks themselves will cry out because God is great and greatness is man. My God, my God, my God, my God. In Psalms 145, it says, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord. And God is, is just awesome. This has just been a glorious time. They're talking about worship, worship, worship. The true worshiper. God is the spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in the truth of who he is. All nations will come and have to worship God. Amen. We never like to end our program without uh, inviting those who have not accepted Christ as their Lord and their Savior. Uh, we never like to end the services without giving them a chance add the Lord into their life so that God can be God in their life. So what I want you to do, those that, that haven't given that life, I want you to repeat after me now. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes, but if you drive and you just keep it on your mindset, amen? And uh, I'm going to have uh, Pastor Johnson just pray just a finished prayer so that you can give, give your life to the Lord, amen? Amen. I come to you in the name of Jesus. I realize that I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. He said, I will call upon you. Come into my heart. Wash away all my sins. I proclaim you, my Savior and my Lord. And I ask you to help live this Christian life. I receive you now as my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Know that if you said that prayer, your name has been written in the last book of life. And I want you to commit yourself to a local church where you are and be faithful there. Be a part of the church. Make sure you go to the services that they have available for midweek as well as on Sundays, and make sure that you're faithful there. And uh, you come, make sure you have a Bible and bring a notepad and pencil there so you can take notes or buy one of their CDs and be able to just listen to the sermon during the rest of the week when you're not there. I want to thank my guests for joining us today. I want to thank my co-pastor, that's Pastor Lewis Young III of Grace Worship Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, uh, Senior Pastor Clance Johnson of Transformation Church International here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And I'm your host, Pastor Helen Young of Grace Worship Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Now, uh, if you enjoyed the services today, if you enjoyed that, I want you to call me and let me know uh, that you did listen, you enjoyed it. If you have given your life to the Lord, I want you to let me know. I'm Helen Pastor, Helen Young. My number is area 405-840-4001 here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And once again, I want to thank the Open Mic Broadcast Network for allowing us to be on the airwaves. Thank them for this opportunity, and I thank all of you, my listening audience, 
for being with us. And until we meet again, may the Lord continue to richly bless and prosper you always. Amen? Amen. Amen.